0: The MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan.
1: Johan Steinberg was arrested by Brazilian military police on the 29th of December 2021, just before New Year, bringing to an end a year-long hunt for the fugitive behind Mirror Trading International, or MTI. According to the Hawks, his arrest in Brazil is in relation to cases that were brought in Brazil by the FBI for suspected crimes against U.S. citizens. The FBI is also known to take on cases where U.S. dollars are involved. All of this poses a number of interesting questions. Will Steinberg end up being extradited to the United States? And once the FBI have recovered Bitcoin belonging to U.S. citizens, will it keep the rest to help us unravel this, we're joined by attorney and crypto specialist, Darren Hanekom. First of all, welcome, Darren, to our inaugural crypto podcast for 2022.
0: Thank you, Kieran. Thanks for having us.
1: Okay, let's get into this. Johann Steinberg was arrested in Brazil on a warrant, apparently issued by the FBI and executed by the Brazilian police. Can you walk us through the ramifications of this from a South African point of view? How does this come about and where is South Africa featuring in this picture?
0: Well, this is certainly an interesting start to the year, and um, definitely uh, means that the South African government uh, also has uh, some work to do uh, to really ensure that the investors uh, who have allegedly been defrauded uh, through the Mti uh, company is uh, is made whole again. So, from a South African perspective, um, one really needs to uh, appreciate that this is a sort of multifaceted, multi-jurisdictional matter. Uh, that it now involves quite a few role players. Uh, And the role players is the South African government, uh, being um, the Department of International Relations and Cooperation, uh, who would ordinarily uh, work alongside the South African National Prosecuting Authority, who would then uh, coordinate efforts through the diplomatic channels uh, with uh, the the said state that um, the individual is in. Um, Obviously, the Brazilian authorities uh, play a key role in this right now, uh, more particularly um, the Brazilian government, as well as the uh, Supreme Court as it relates to extradition matters. But interestingly, there is another role player, and that is the United States government. Um, And they also have a a key role to play in this matter, uh, especially since, uh, from what we have told and from what we know, uh, is that he's been arrested uh, under the auspices of a warrant of arrest uh, originating from the United States and not South Africa. So I mean, so in so what effectively need to happen is a joint effort by all three countries uh, in in bringing uh, Mr. Steinberg
1: uh, to to book. Okay, there's a saying in crypto, not your keys, not your crypto. In other words, you have to control the key to your crypto wallet or you can lose the lot. It's rather like having your bank account password. If you don't have that, whoever's in possession of that password can take all your money. In this case, he who owns Steinberg may end up owning the Bitcoin under his control. And in this case, it could be the United States. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, I mean that's a very uh, well-known saying, at least in the crypto community. Not your keys, not your coins. And right now, um, at the at the onset, um, that phrase was largely on the back of you know some massive um, security breaches or other exchanges. Um, you know, as far back as the exchange Mt. Gox, I think that is where that term largely originated from, um, and. It really goes along the lines of when you uh, make use of a centralized exchange uh, or an exchange with a custodial function, Um, there there are many benefits to that because it also means that people who are new to the industry, they don't have to worry about storing keys or remembering mnemonic phrases or losing their keys or having their keys compromised uh, in some way or another. Um, so it does fulfill a good function, um, at least from a centralized exchange point of view. Uh, there's obviously decentralized exchanges uh, which make use of, of various uh, browser wallets, etc. Um, but in cases of of like or similar to this, uh, one can see that if the custodians are compromised, uh, it really leaves um, the clients exposed. So we don't know as to how the bitcoins was stored. We don't know where uh, it, it, it was stored and whether it is currently even still um, hold uh, in the form of Bitcoin. Um, but centralized exchanges uh, do unfortunately have uh, that sort of uh, gap in the system where if there are bad actors um, in control, um, that it does um, or could uh, result in a situation that uh, many of the NTI investors currently find themselves in.
1: It's probably worth just summarizing what Mirror Trading International actually was and is. It's a, a company that is currently in final liquidation. But it, of course, it really came to public prominence in 2019, 2020, and it was offering investors returns of up to 10% a month. But you had to send them Bitcoin to addresses which were controlled by MTI or by Johann Steinberg personally, it now seems and that uh, the the FSCA, the Financial Sector Conduct Authority in August of, I think it was 2019, came out with a notice advising people to get their money out that this was likely a scam. Um, But in actual fact, MTI using, you know, pretty aggressive marketing methods increased the number of people and increased the number of Bitcoin under its control in the subsequent months until it all collapsed. And Johann Steinberg uh, fled South Africa in December of 2020, uh, when uh, people 's requests for withdrawals went unanswered, so th- that 's kind of the the background. but if we can just pick up the, the process from here, Darren uh, we now we know that he 's in custody in the United States. It must have been a terrible new year for Johann Steinberg. Uh, he, end, you know, he spent new year 's Eve in a Brazilian prison, which i 'm sure is no walk in the park. but w- where, what is the process from here? How long will it take before Steinberg is extradited and Is he likely to end up in the U.S. before he ends up in South Africa? How is this likely to play out?
0: Well, right now, um, what needs to happen is, like I I mentioned, is the process of of governments cooperating um, in executing the relevant legislation relating to extradition. So the first question then is, does South Africa have uh, any mutual legal assistance treaties with uh, Brazil. As it stands, there is an agreement um, between South Africa and Brazil, however, that agreement is unsigned. Um, What we do know is that Brazil does have an agreement uh, relating to mutual legal assistance uh, with the United States. So ordinarily, what happens is that the requesting state uh, in the presence of a mutual legal assistance treaty would under two circumstances, launch an exhibition request. If uh, it's urgent, uh, they could launch what's called a uh, provisional uh, request for the arrest of the uh, alleged fugitive. And if that person is arrested, um, there are uh, timelines in play uh, when there is uh, exhibition agreement in, in place. And the timelines really relate to the amount of time that uh, the alleged fugitive uh, can be held in custody. So right now, uh, the formal dequest um, sets a timeline of 90 days, uh, and that's between uh, the United States and Brazil, uh, that he can be in Brazilian custody for a period of, of, of no longer than 90 days. And during that time, uh, a few things need to happen. Um, one, uh, either a, a bail getting uh, together with extradition hearing and the Brazilian Supreme Court would be the authority. Uh, exercising its discretion as to whether this individual uh, should be extradited to the requesting state. And if the extradition process is successful, um, the alleged fugitive uh, then needs to be uh, returned or or extradited to the requesting state within 60 days. So those are the prescribed um, uh, timelines in play. And if a provisional request is is actioned and a formal request does not follow, it it then means that the alleged fugitive needs to be released. But from what we can um, discern from media releases is that he was arrested uh, for uh, carrying and being in possession of falsified travel documents relating to passports, and I think there's also mention of of credit cards. So, uh, what we can also um, draw from that is that that could very well be an offence in Brazil as well, which also then uh, in turn means that the Brazilian authorities uh, could equally take a decision not to expedite him and, and prosecute Mr. Steinberg in Brazil. Um, and there's a few factors that also uh, relate to uh, his um, his um, his time in in Brazil, and that's also whether he could be uh, released on on bail and be released into his own um, custody. And certain factors will most likely play against him, uh, especially uh, if he was uh, arrested for falsified travel documents. Uh, He could very well be regarded as a flight risk, which makes the prospects of of bail uh, quite difficult.
1: There's another case involving a South African who goes by the name of Fluffy Pony who was involved in the Monero privacy cryptocurrency. Monero, for people who are not familiar, this is a completely anonymous cryptocurrency. It's attracted a lot of interest, uh, negative interest, should I say, from regulators and authorities around the world because of that. So you, you you own Monero and it's very easy to hide the identity of the person who owns it. Fluffy Pony was arrested in Tennessee. This was late last year or towards the middle, late end of last year on a warrant relating to a claim that he had an unpaid bill in South Africa. Now, so far, he's successfully fought any attempt to extradite him back to South Africa, and you were involved in that case. Can you tell us a bit about that case?
0: Yes, so we have been mandated by Mr. Spagny. and what we can say is that the case is still ongoing. So unfortunately, we aren't at liberty to divulge much more than that at this
1: particular stage. but the, the, the point is there is a, a request for extradition to South Africa, and so far he 's been released from custody in, in Tennessee into his own uh, i don 't know exactly what the term is into his own custody um, and he remains he 's not he's definitely not in south Africa correct
0: yes yeah, so, i mean there 's many different role players uh, in, in that particular matter, uh, being the South African government uh, together with the United States government. Um, So, yeah, there's there's quite a few uh, moving parts in that. Um, But, I mean, we are confident that um, we will reach a
1: speedy uh, resolution. Right. And you you are representing Fluffy Pony, is that correct? Uh, That's right. Okay. Just going back to the Steinberg case, what is rather strange about this is that he was put on a watch list as a potential flight risk in late 2020. This was after the FSCA, the Financial Sector Conduct Authority, had investigated MTI and found it was making bogus claims that you could earn up to 10% a month, as I mentioned earlier. Now, despite that, Johann Steinberg still managed to flee the country. What lessons can we learn about this? I mean, what's the point of being on a flight risk if you can just walk out of the country uh, and your passport doesn't get flagged at Smuts or wherever, whatever border post you exit through?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's many, uh, I suppose, moving parts to um, what authorities could have or, or should have done. And one also needs to look at what the global sort of standard is uh, for situations similar to that. And we know that the Financial Action Task Force, also known as FATF, has taken a lot, a rather grim approach to uh, sort of Africa's ability to actually uh, enforce uh, its available legislative provisions uh, in accordance to its current risk profile. So one also needs to appreciate that it's always difficult to retrospectively look at at what could have been done. Um, But we also uh, need to understand that um, I don't suspect that Mr. Steinberg was a a fugitive or least declared as a fugitive at the time. Um, And I I can't imagine that he would have been able to leave uh, the country had there been uh, uh, authorized, issued warrant for his arrest. So in the absence of a warrant of arrest, Um, he was not a fugitive and therefore not barred from from leaving the the country.
1: You and I spoke a few months ago about Steinberg possibly, you know, well, not possibly fleeing the country after he actually did flee the country with so much Bitcoin under his control. It's reckoned that uh, roughly about 20 billion rands worth of Bitcoin passed through MTI over a period of time. Now, whatever is left is certainly a substantial amount of money. So, Uh, we were talking about Steinberg, he should be able to buy himself a lot of privacy, a lot of anonymity for that money. But I guess he got careless. How do you imagine he slipped up?
0: So right now, what we can also speculate, and I mean, this is all speculative, is that what we can appreciate is that we will now know exactly, or at least in time, uh, we will know what transpired uh, since he, he left the country, where he was, what happened with the, with the bitcoins, where he spent it, what he was spending it on, who he was with, who he was uh, working alongside um, and what institutions uh, facilitated the, the, his uh, sort of disappearance into the ether, um, because it's, it's unlikely that he did this by himself. Um, that is was a one-man effort. Uh, this was potentially a coordinated and, and well-thought-out uh, plan, uh, where somewhere along the lines, as you said, uh, potentially uh, he got careless. And we also don't know um, the facts surrounding, you know, his, um, his sort of movement and, and what uh, international authorities already know uh, from what we can... Uh, can speculate is that um, usually in matters similar to this, we see that um, foreign governments most likely knew exactly where he was uh, and could have been watching him for some time. Um, But what we do know is that when he was uh, arrested, uh, definitely prompted uh, the the warrant of arrest based on the falsified documents. So somewhere along the lines, he was able to obtain these these falsified documents. And there must have been a means by which he he paid for these things. Um, And he was certainly going somewhere um, to do something. And I mean, we don't know what his lifestyle was like, um, where he was um, going and and what awaited for him there. Um, So I mean, I'm sure those sort of facts and, and that sort of narrative will certainly unfold
1: in time. There was a video from Brazilian TV over the weekend that uh, I think it was reposted by Sherry Marks, who was MTI's marketing executive. The video itself is talking about Johan having a private jet and luxury cars, and he had a new girlfriend in Brazil uh, with a claim that he had abandoned his wife and daughter in South Africa. Now, uh, this, of course, is Per the reports which are coming out of brazil it seems to be where he slipped up you know he had this girlfriend and he was maybe trying to impress her and uh she didn't mm-hmm. want to live this anonymous lifestyle and he put her up in a in a hotel uh, if true what does this tell us about steinberg and his quest to find a new life for himself he clearly there's plenty of videos on youtube you know how to disappear and, and one of the first things i tell you is you know you don't contact the people that you used to know because all of those communications all those communication channels are going to be monitored. So wh- where do you think he, um, he, you know, he made his big mistake?
0: Well, what I think is, I mean, it's possible that um, there was a certain amount of, of confidence that he might have had um, being out um, of the country for, for such an extended period of time. Um, there's no doubt that he was following uh, the news um, as well as following the movements and developments in South Africa. And um, perhaps he got bored. Uh, Perhaps he wanted to to see, and perhaps laying low uh, wasn't something that uh, wasn't a life that he wanted to live uh, for the next 25 or so years. And, uh, and, you know, the the thing about matters of of this nature, uh, when people do disappear, um, I mean, they have to, as you said, I mean, have to watch over their backs and they have to live a life, um, which is substantially different from their last, uh, especially his um, really public life. Um, and that's quite an adjustment and perhaps uh, along the way, that's not something that he, that he wanted to pursue. And uh, he got
1: confident and he got caught. Right. And Sherry Marx is saying that, uh, you know, he, he slipped the country. It was all part of a, a pre-planned exit for himself and that he was going to leave the people who were his loyal lieutenants, if you want to put it that way, that was going to leave them in the lurch and them to carry the can, which I think is um, is true. They, they they have had to answer a lot of the questions. They have had to appear before the Section Four One Seven inquiries. This is these are inquiries in terms of the Companies Act when a company is liquidated to find out what happened to the money. Do you think there's some people who would be nervous now? that he might be coming back to south africa uh, he's got nothing to lose he's going to spill the beans you think there's going to be some people running for cover
0: most likely i mean he was definitely portrayed as this uh, rogue uh, ceo uh this podiah uh, of a person um that concocted this devious plan to um basically exit scam and, and dug his dusted clients um but The road ahead, uh, we suspect, is a long one, uh, especially uh, given the international um, nature of this matter and that, rightfully, uh, we believe South African MTI investors should be confident. However, uh, they should also be cautiously optimistic uh, when it comes to um, having him back in the country um, because invariably what could uh, result is if he is if the South African government sits as a passive bystander, you could very well see Mr. Steinberg um, expedited to the United States and then prosecuted in the United states and South Africa uh, will need to as a as a country um, to to trigger the mutual legal assistance treaty provisions um, that it has the, with the United States to actually um, trigger restitution for South African investors. So, I mean, that is, that is also what's required uh, going forward. Whether the South African government does something now or whether it does something later, action is required, uh, at least um, in order to assist um, the, the good work that the current liquidators are doing uh, in South Africa.
1: Right. And if South Africa doesn't do that, then there's a chance that the United States or the, sorry, the FBI Will recover whatever Bitcoin they can from Johann Steinberg's control. Of course. Once they've done that, then they can seize the rest, right? Uh, this is what they have done in the past. They're not really concerned about anybody outside the United States. In other words, that South Africans may not get to see any, any of the Bitcoin. There is that possibility, right?
0: That is a possibility, especially if South Africa is not party to proceedings in the United States. And if the South African uh, government uh, is not uh, regarded as a a victim uh, in these proceedings. Um, And if that is not the case, uh, that could very well be the uh, position.
1: Well, this is obviously going to be an evolving story, and there's going to be a lot of ground to cover in the coming weeks and months on this. So we're going to leave it there for the moment. Darren Hanukong. Thank you very much for joining us.
0: Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.